0: It's funny that when you jump, sometimes the net appears.
1: Not sometimes, every time. Like every single time. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in to the Active Ingredient Podcast. I am your host, Sophie Wheel, and I am a deeply curious person on my own personal journey of self-discovery and personal growth. This is a podcast all about the journey and figuring out what makes us come alive and prioritizing whatever that is every single day. When I started the podcast over two years ago, I thought that I would get the answers externally. And the more conversations I had and the more work that I did on myself, the more I realized that every single answer and all of the truths lie within and in the silence. I know that may sound a bit overwhelming, which is why my mission is to have candid conversations with relatable humans who I feel have truly come alive and get really clear about how they've come home to themselves, as well as share my own discoveries along the way. Welcome to Active Ingredient. My biggest wish for you is that you feel alive and that you tap into your Active Ingredient every single day. This episode is brought to you by Seed, which is my absolute favorite probiotic company in the market, full stop period. It is a pre and probiotic, in one capsule and I take two capsules every single morning on an empty stomach without fail. And I've been taking this product for years, literally for three years and have been paying for this product out of my own pocket for that long. I could not recommend this enough if you are looking for supporting your gut health. So, you know, the gut health is extremely important when it comes to overall well-being. I mean, it is a foundational thing and I view my investment in seed as a foundational thing for my overall well-being for my overall mental health there's so much science and data that points to the correlation between your gut health and your mental health and I am all about investing in that investing in things that are going to set me up for success that I can create a baseline for myself that is great calm study like I, I really like that's where I put all of my time and energy into ensuring that I'm set up for success in that realm and having the best of the best probiotic in my daily routine in my daily regimen is one of those things. It's a part of my toolbox and I literally just I take this every single day. Like actually every morning now that I've been teaching yoga, I take two before I leave, like two and then I walk out the door and by the time that I get to the studio it has taken effect if you know what I mean. It definitely supports digestion in the best way possible. Like best way possible. It's just such a smart brand, you know, like their team is strong. Their their science is incredible. Their research and development team is just out of this world. I've said this before, but I had the founder and the head of research and development on the podcast because I was genuinely just needing to know more about them way before they were a sponsor of the show. And back when I was I mean I still am paying for it, but and when I was paying for it back then Yeah, it's just the best of the best. They are formulated with 24 clinically and scientifically studied strains for full body benefits. It's a product rooted in science. They really are just the best in the game. I work in the health and wellness field. I see a lot of these brands out there claiming so many different things. Every touch point of this brand is intentional and it is, to me, absolutely worth the investment. If you want to check it out for yourself, if you are looking to up your gut health regimen, if you are looking to really create a strong foundation for yourself, for your overall well-being, for your gut health, check them out at seed, S-E-E-D.com, and then use code ACTIVE for your first month of subscription at 15% off. So the code is ACTIVE, A-C-T-I-V-E, for 15% off your first month of subscription, I honestly, like you start to see you, you feel something like shortly after. So if you do use the code and, or just if you have seed, let me know how it's going for you. Cause I, I like nerd out about these things and I actually like care. So let me know. I have recommended this to so many friends who have definitely reported back that it has been a staple for them, that they're still using it years later. I want to know from you too. So let me know. The code is active, A-C-T-I-V-E. You can use it at checkout. And yeah, thank you Seed so much for sponsoring Active Ingredient. This is a dream partnership for me. Hello, welcome back to Active Ingredients. This week, I have a very special episode for you. It is with one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Ian Edwards, who I really love so freaking much. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear from him how he has built the life that he has for himself. As someone who has been friends with him for nine years, it's been really, really cool to witness and see firsthand how he's navigated. And he's someone that I I really look up to in that regard. He was actually my first boss when I moved to New York. We talk about our dynamic in the first like 10 minutes, and we have stayed really, really close since that time. And I think it's really hard to find people in your life that you, first of all, that you can trust fully. Second, that really like walk the walk, that, you know, say things that they have dreams of doing and actually execute on them. And also a person that you can talk about like literally like nonsense things like Nancy Myers or Bette Midler or plays or whatever, Lindsay Lohan, anything that's like, you know, surface level, but also can go really, really deep and talk about why we have these deep rooted patterns or like why certain things are certain ways and have a really deep emotional conversation. He's one of those friends that like our range is so freaking wide and just feel so incredibly myself around him. And it's just really refreshing. And I I, I wanted to share him with you guys For many reasons, because I think he's one of the best people that I know, but mainly because he executes and he is someone who I know follows his intuition and he goes for it. And if he can do it, it makes me think that I can do it, which makes me think that anyone listening can also maybe believe that they can do it too. And we get into all of the different routes that he's taken. He is also in the PR brand building world as I am, and he really had or has reached the absolute height in his field and has then, you know, expanded into doing different things that also are very interesting to him and exactly how he's navigated doing all of those things. We get into imposter syndrome. We get into when is the right time to actually pivot or completely stop doing something to reevaluate things, like how to actually pull the trigger. So I think that there's a lot of takeaways from this conversation. I really hope that you guys enjoy it. And Ian, I love you so freaking much. Thank you for doing this. And I hope you guys enjoy. Ian, welcome to the show. So now that we've had like the first five minutes fighting over what side we want to be on, welcome to the show. Is this your first podcast?
0: Yeah, this is my first.
1: It's pretty legit for your first one.
0: Interview. Yeah.
1: I'm very excited because I feel like I know you, but I'm excited to get details. Okay, so before we actually get started on the questions that I normally ask people, Mm -hmm. I actually wanted to tell you, like, do you identify as a manifester? Because we literally manifested life from 2013.
0: Yes, I I worked at J. Crew during college Mm -hmm. when it was like Mickey Drexler, Jenna Lyons, like heyday. And there was this woman that worked at the – she was, like, one of the very first personal shoppers, like, in the entire company. And she was big about manifesting. Like, she was, like, an Oprah – she was, like, I a disciple of know. Oprah. And she helped a me – A disciple of Oprah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, worked with Oprah. Like, oh, Oprah would come her. in to the store and, like, her name was Shelly. Is Shelley? And Shelly had these, like, amazing glasses. She had the best style. She was just like a powerful woman and like had a really amazing aura and like to talk to me about introduced me a lot in many ways to like the secret and manifesting and helped me give like helped me put like idea and manifest like behind intention, you know, like visualizing what you want in the world. Like
1: what what do you remember doing like as your first manifestation, like when that world came about, like what what was the first one that you were like, I want to see this for myself?
0: Well, I was at a crossroads because I was about to graduate college and I didn't, it was like during the recession mm. and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And she was like, visualize, I don't what, remember, I don't remember exactly visualize? what she said, but I, well, I got a job. I was recruited up to work for Cole's department stores. That was my first mm. job. So I worked, I moved from Chicago to Milwaukee. This was in Chicago when I knew her. That's how we're manifesting came into my life.
1: Okay, because I was like thinking of the prep for today and I was like, actually, like I'm so in this world now, but like you and I were manifesting. I didn't know that word. Like I didn't know that word until not so long ago. So like I didn't realize that we were manifesting. Like when we were in Club Monaco, like we were literally manifesting. Like that was the act of what we were doing. Should we give the background? One thousand percent. Okay, well, I'm going to give an intro to this podcast, but Ian is one of my best friends. We worked together. He was actually my boss. How was I as your... As your minion, say the truth. Say the truth. You were As, you were moldable. You hated me. No. You like we fought all the time. You don't remember, mm-hmm. but I fought with that. remember
0: one of our biggest fights, and you were like, "Yeah, you're like one of my best friends," and I was like, "I am not."
1: I first of all, actually, you're saying the story wrong. We were not in a fight. This was your natural state. Like we weren't in a fight. Nothing like to make you angry i literally was like you're one of my best friends in a normal way and you were like you're not one of mine you were like what no you're not one of mine like i have that ingrained in my mind literally how many years later
0: well told you so like i'm like literally 11 years later 11 no 10 years later nine years later whatever
1: nine years later who's laughing now but anyway, so backstory on our manifesting is that we we met at our first job. Ian was my boss. Would we call it that? Like it was on one account, whatever. He was. He was. I reported I was a to fake you. Boss. I reported to you, and you were literally like Miss Trenchbull from Matilda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Give me one piece of power, and I'm. Like, <laughs> I'm like, eat the cake. <laughs> literally, and I was
1: like, fuck you, like no. <laughs> you were like, do this list, and I literally was like, no. <laughs> I can't. But yeah, so that's how that's how it started. Then we became in my eyes best friends in Ian's eyes, not best friends, like coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> we worked at an agency that we I feel like that was the best boot camp, like truly. I always say that. Oh my God. I always Actually, say that.
0: But yeah. I felt that you know? I have the same relationship with many of my friends from J. Crew. So mm-hmm. like I think it's like every first job. And like my first when I moved to Cole's one of my best friends, I still am best friends with her. I think there's a lot of like when you share things in informative times. Or like new experiences. I think it's it's maybe like not your first job, but like that was my first job in PR. There was a lot of camaraderie.
1: Yeah. It's like when I think of like, oh, the heyday, like I literally think of that time. It was It was camp. It was camp. It was a boot camp. It was literally like it just and that was my actual first job out of college. Like first, first job. So, I mean, I worked at different places, like internships or like for a few months, but like, this was like my first like career job out of college. And it literally like threw me into the trenches. And I'm so glad because I feel like I I am friendly with a lot of them, but you were like, I mean, I said best friend then and I still say best friend now, but. From you nine years me. ago, I converted you. Thank <laughs> God. Oh, my God. But yeah. So long story short is that we were at this job. It was a boot camp. It was a lot. And we remember it with a really nice light with rose colored glasses. At the time, it was a lot for both of us. And it was on 21st Street. And there was a Club Monaco. Now it's Ralph's Coffee Store, but before it was like the bookstore with flowers and they had the most like beautiful exotic flowers I've ever seen in my life. And Ian and I would go and we would literally stare at the flowers, like smell them, close our eyes, smell the flowers and be like, just envision we're in India. (laughs) We're like, just envision we're not here right now. We are literally disassociating with what's happening right now and we're going to India. So we haven't gone to India yet, but I feel like we really manifested a completely not we're in a similar line of work, but I feel like our lifestyle is very much more in line with what we were manifesting at Clamontico 21st Street, literally like after crying, after being yelled at in a meeting. Agreed. Right. Yeah. So, yes, I also think that like the types of environments that you're in also bond people more, the more extreme. I feel like when you have like a common uh, thought about something, people tend to stick. Mm hmm. You agree? I agree. Okay, Ian, I want to know, even though I know a little bit, but I want to know what little Ian was like.
0: I mean, I was in, like, theater.
1: Okay, say no more.
0: Musical theater. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was both shy and precocious.
1: Were you demanding? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, like, that the whole way through?
0: No, I think, like, growing up and, like, figuring out who I am, and then also when you, like, when you're introduced to societal impacts, I think my my personality changed slightly. And I think that's where my like Gemini qualities come through because I am quite shy. Like I am reserved and private, but then I'm also like, I think that's part of like the whole being a good publicist thing. It's like you're half, you can turn it on for certain mm-hmm. um, situations.
1: I have a question about what you think about PR in general, because I find a common denominator with a lot of publicists, but like, don't you find that like, they're perceived so outward and so like they know everyone and they're like, da, 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 you know, like that's the narrative or like at least what media has like shown publicists to look like. And being in the space and knowing the ones that I know, everyone is actually a closeted introvert and like actually like gets really nervous speaking or like gets really nervous being in those types of environments. And it's kind of like, at least for me, I feel like I went into the space overcompensating for not being that way. Does that resonate for you or not at all?
0: Not really, because I, when I was young, I either wanted to go into food or fashion because I think there's a lot of like psychological decisions around like the food you put in your body. And like, I think it also is like, they're both theatrical things or theater. It was like food, theater, or fashion, but all of these things are sort of environmental. And I I found my way in fashion that wasn't like I'm not like designing clothes or anything like that, but I'm helping tell brands. I'm helping, I'm helping tell stories and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm like creating environments for people to experience fashion, you know, and that's what fashion shows are. And that's what, you know, stores are and like all these things. And you're, you're creating someone's experience around things. And I think like dining now, well, especially because we live in New York, but dining is like a um, theatrical experience. Like, if you're going to, like, a really amazing restaurant that someone's thought about the music and, mm-hmm. the, and the seating and the dim lights and the art on the walls and the menu design, like, that's a theatrical experience. And it's the same thing with going to a show. If you go to, like, a, a great Broadway show, if you go to the Metropolitan Opera or something like mm-hmm. that, like, all of that stuff is considered. You know, that they're thinking about how the sound you hear totally. and, like, all that stuff. So, I, I don't know. I love... And that's also why it's like I'm a closeted Disney, not closeted, but like I enjoy Disney World because they're they're thinking about um, everything, the smell and the temperature. And like, you know, it's so amazing to like walk through Disney World to be like, wow, they thought about like the ground and the like the, when you,
1: the like, smell of that cake pumping through the freaking vents. All
0: those things. And like yeah. when, you, when you go to like Pirates of the Caribbean or something like that, and you get a blast of cold air and you feel the chill or like you go to the Haunted Mansion. It's like all those things are it's like the distillation of like an experience. There's so many lessons in that, because if if you're if you're thinking about someone's journey through a theatrical experience, whether that be through the lens of fashion or food or a theme park or whatever, it's like that it makes you an amazing curator of someone else's life. No way. So I think that that also if you frame it as what a publicist does, like if you're reading a story about someone. And you on the other end have thought about like, okay, how does the journalist experience this brand or this person or whomever? It's just about like thinking about it's being a little bit empathetic of like someone else's life experience. And that's very, that's very abstract also. And I know that sounds like very, no, but I think
1: that that's why you're so good at your job. Like you genuinely, I, I mean, I say this to you all the time, like you're very emotionally intelligent. And I feel like that is a essential quality for a great publicist. Definitely. Like that's, I was talking to Megan from my team and I was like, when we're thinking about hiring, what is the first thing? Like you can think network, you can think whatever. And I was like, no, like everything else is teachable, but like emotional intelligence, you cannot teach.
0: Or it's much harder to teach.
1: It's much harder to teach and it can only be taught to a certain level. To become excellent at being able to really like have someone emote or to be able to feel what you're trying to get them to feel, I would argue that you can't actually teach that.
0: Mm. I love emotionally intelligent type A mm. people. That Those are my people.
1: <laughs> anyway, but back to like the personality trait though. Like you are, are saying that you identify as shy and that you were shy this whole time. Like... Our world is very much not like you, you have to be on a lot in order to like get things done or like to have the right contact or to get yourself in the right room or be considered for something or your client. How do you have those two things exist at the same time? I
0: think it's acting. It's like in a work setting, it's so easy. Like when I worked for a fashion designer, it's mm-hmm. so easy to like put on that air And be in the room and like talk to Anna Wintour and like do all those things because it's like you're I'm playing a role. But if it was me as Ian Edwards, like I would be so much harder for me to like muster the strength to do those things. But if I'm doing it on behalf of like a job or like someone else, like I love uh, one of my kinks is service. Like I love to be in service to others, which I think is also why I'm a good publicist, because to do it on behalf of a client, for example, is so much easier because you're basically playing a part.
1: It's so true. But that goes back to what I was saying earlier about overcompensating. Like I feel like I feel like I've always been like loud or people wouldn't think that I'm shy, but I actually am, like deep down. And I feel like I went into this field. I mean, I definitely wasn't awake to this. Like I came to the realization like a few jobs in that it was like an overcompensation for that not being who I really was, but who I wanted to be. I wanted to be someone who was able to get there or like to like. Show up and like be able to have a conversation and you know, like all those things. And not that I like couldn't at all, but like I feel like the vision that I had for myself wasn't that. So it resonates with me about like playing a role of something, but it now years later, it doesn't feel like me. Like it, like I feel like I could be a publicist as myself, but like, I don't know. Like I feel like I, I was playing a role that wasn't me and I'm trying to find more alignment in my line of work that actually feels like who I really am versus putting on
0: something for work. I mean, that's why I left my job, and went to cooking school, because I felt like I was so like I dealt with a strong imposter syndrome. You're participating in someone's life that you you're like, why am I here? Like, what am I doing here? By the
1: way, Ian is like on Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Like he has been in several, several times in the room with Anna Wintour. Like he is very, very modest, but like the guy is literally the best in the game. But you're being very, very uh, humble. I'll not be humble for you. <laughs> but yeah, so you're in these rooms.
0: Yeah, I mean, I there was a period of time when I was working on like the Met Gala in 2018, and um, we were dressing a we were dressing a celebrity, and you know, it was Kylie Jenner. It was one of the most. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy, it was amazing, and she's true like lovely human being like she was she is one of the most thoughtful people like I remember um when we did fittings at her house she would have all the things that we had gifted her over the past like two years she would have them all in the in her fitting room it was it was a wonderful thing to end with but mm-hmm. you know after after the met Gala, I'm sort of going on a tangent but no I, no I, went, I think
1: you're you're painting a, a good because like this was I feel like the height and I do find that when you reach any height relationship height career height whatever like that imposter syndrome is as loud or louder than the height. I actually want to talk. I want to like hone in on the jump for that or like Mm -hmm. the I I talk about this book a lot on the podcast called The Upper Limit Problem, which is like when you're reaching your upper limit, the guy Gay Hendricks is the author. He talks a lot about like that. It trips up your system. Like when you've got into a point of such height, it's so unfamiliar. It's it. You feel like you're going to be. Exiled from everyone that you know because you're you're no longer relatable on a certain level or like you've reached an upper limit for yourself right, and it trips up your system. He says it's like some sort of some form of self sabotage that happens to get yourself back to a place where it is familiar right like mm. where it is like your common ground? It sounds like you're saying that you felt in hindsight that that was something like that or not not at all like I, what did it not fulfill
0: uh, well, I think it's like i uh... I had met every single and worked with every single celebrity that you could ever imagine. I was working for the best American brand. I think at the time, this was 2018, Alex was like very, he was, you know, this was pre sort of like takedown. He was the American brand. It was like him and Virgil Abloh that were like doing things for Mm -hmm. American fashion. And I'm so grateful. He trusted me and, you know, gave me incredible responsibility. But, you know, I'm like a small town boy from Wisconsin. So for me, it was just more like I want to see what else life offers. I could just sort of like look into the future and be like, I don't know if I can like do much else with what I'm doing. How many fashion shows are there? Like how many ad campaigns are there? How many celebrities are there? It's like a little bit repetitive after a way, especially when you're working so deep at like sort of the upper echelons of fashion. Like there's always like another project and there's always like a new launch of something or a new party or a new fashion show, whatever. But like in sort of the macro, it's just a very cyclical thing. Like every six months there's a fashion show. Fine. You know, every six months there's an ad campaign. Fine. But I don't know. I was ready for something else.
1: How do you think about things existing at the same time? Or like if it's something that you can do while doing other things, like you took this full sabbatical, like you were not working anymore. But what are your thoughts on just like being able to be in one field and also being able to climb other mountains? Do you think that you need to be focused on one thing? Or do you think that there's a world in which you can be exploring a ton of different mountains? Well, I feel like
0: I feel like I've now I've like I think I think the pandemic has like incubated a lot of creative ideas for many people. Mm -hmm. Like for myself, I left my full time job but still consult for that organization. I consult for one of my best friends. Um, and her amazing business, I have a small Italian market. I bought a farmhouse in Northwest Connecticut that I'm restoring. Like I feel like I'm kind of doing that now. Like my ha- my my hand is in many places, but mm-hmm. I also think it's it's all it's not forever. Like nothing is forever, and like who knows? Maybe like in a year I'll go back and do some job full time, and I'll sell my house. Like who knows? Like I think when you take a risk, that is to enhance your life. Or, you know, like, okay, this is risky, but the reward is great. There will always be a positive outcome. And it may not be what you expect. If you're holding in your mind, like, I only have one life. I'm going to do this because it could turn out amazing. It could be incredibly scary. Mm -hmm. Or it could, like, fuck up. Like, I could fuck this up. But I know that I'm doing this because it's going to, like, it's going to be something I remember in my life. Like, that's how I felt like when I went to cooking school. I'm like, I have one life. Like, I got rid of my apartment put all my stuff in storage. I was in Sicily and that's when I got a call from IMG saying like, we want you to, you know, work on our fashion businesses and PR. And I said, uh, okay. Divine timing. I'm so thankful for it because it was, it really taught me a lot, but I, I didn't have a net. You know, I had no plan after, I knew that Sicily was going to be three months in Italy for cooking school. And I like lived on a little farm in the middle of nowhere. But I said, okay, if I do this, this is going to be something I remember forever. It's funny that when you jump, sometimes the net appears.
1: Not sometimes, every time. Like every single time in my experience. And when I went off, I didn't have enough to even make rent. So like literally I was like, what, how am I going to pay rent? Yeah. And literally at the 11th hour, client comes in, I had enough to pay rent on time. So when you decided though to leave Wing. I'm assuming that a lot of active ingredient listeners are either thinking of something or like recently started something or considering maybe completely changing careers or just having like questions like that in their mind. What was your process of like when you started to have those doubts? Cause like you said, like literally number one American brand at the time, like peak of your career, like all those things. Like what were the questions that you were asking yourself and what were the answers that were coming up? And ultimately, like, how did you actually like do it? Because that's the thing that. People stay because they're scared.
0: But sometimes when you take a job, it opens so many doors that you're like, okay, how do I, how do I process this? Like, how do I take advantage of all these opportunities that I'm being given? I got out of that job what I needed to get out of it, which was realizing this is, this is a little bit woo, woo, but kind of realizing it's like, I'm totally worth it. I have the creativity and the ambition and all those things that a job like that basically says it's like affirming
1: mm-hmm. the validation.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's validating your sort of like existence within an industry. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you have a job like that, like friends that I some of my best friends have worked at like the top banks and the top ad companies and like all these things. And like I think the, the, it does the same thing. Like when you're working in a chosen field at one of these like sort of prestige companies, that's like one of the biggest things to take away from it is that. But you have you like can't, there's a you, reason that you were there. Correct. But you can't like sit in it one lesson from that is that you are um worthy totally and i think i took that experience and said okay fine like i've that this was a mountain i climbed it and and it's funny because to take this full circle when i was at img like within the first month that i was there they took everyone to a company retreat and we had some really powerful like inspirational speakers and i forget who it was but they were talking about like the mountains and there's a whole I I probably would not be able to regurgitate it now, but there's a whole sort of, like, way of thinking about, like, climbing mountains. And, like, once you get to the top of a mountain, you can see there's another mountain. And I think that's sort of, like, how I've now – I'm now, like, you know, slaloming or whatever.
1: Isn't it crazy? Like, I find in this space, like, when you're – starting or even like halfway through, like you're, at least I felt really intimidated by certain rooms or certain meetings or like being around certain people that I'm like, like you said, like, why am I here? You know what I mean? Like that imposter syndrome being really, really loud. And why do they want my opinion? Like, how, why am I the one calling the shot on this strategy? Like all of these questions that come up and the more I'm in the space and the higher, I guess, level people I'm working with and like, you know, just successful like very reputable people in the, in this sphere, I've noticed more and more the insecurity that is like, it's prevalent around not everyone, but most people in the space. And so if anyone's listening that you feel that either you're starting in your career or halfway through or whatever, whatever point you're at, like everyone goes through that. Like I literally witnessed people that you would think would have absolutely nothing to be insecure about have moments where they're like, why am I, you know what I mean? Like, why are why are people asking me these questions?
0: However, I think it goes back to emotional intelligence because people that I've worked with, executives I've worked with that do have little emotional intelligence are the ones that are sort of have sort of, quote unquote, failed upward. Mm. And they don't give a fuck about the people that they manage, about they all they care about is like their own selfish careers. And, and you're saying that
1: you think it's a good thing?
0: No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm saying that the people that sort of question like how I'm in the room, why I'm in the room, even at every level, it's like those are the people that, um,
1: that I think a, there's a healthy dose of it for sure.
0: Well, yes, I'm trying to like tie that together because it's if you're questioning, there's like opportunity for you to
1: to grow like there's there's opportunity for growth in that questioning. And I, I think that the most successful people are the most curious people. And I feel like as you continue to climb the mountain, the question gets bigger and the question gets louder because you're going higher on that mountain. Honestly, it all goes back to that. That, That's one of the best books I've ever read. Big leap. But it really goes back to that. Like, it's to be expected when you're in new and unfamiliar territories that are at like a level of growth that you're not used to. Like, those things come. Mm -hmm. At least that's what I've seen with like the kindest people that are super successful. Like, they feel the same way is kind of like the loop around to this whole thing. So, what are your thoughts now? Like what do you see for yourself? We're in a post-pandemic world. You're not consulting. What are your thoughts on PR?
0: It's still valuable because I think I also enjoy it a lot. Like I have sort of I've sort of pivoted slightly where I'm not just doing publicity. I think that when I worked at IMG and more broadly endeavor, it really gave me a lot of tools on how you contribute to a business overall. Because I had a very, very amazing boss who really challenged his team to embed themselves within the businesses that they supported from a communication standpoint, that sort of gave me the itch to really continue that um, Mm -hmm. with whomever that I'm sort of advising. And I think that that's also something that I'm realizing is that the things that are interesting to me and the the clients that I want to work with are people that are uh, maybe doing things a little bit differently or like don't want to just replicate other people's successes one of my good friends who has a fashion design business, like that, I support her on. We have a dialogue every single day. Like it's just like fun, like questions that we're answering and problems that we're solving. And sometimes those problems involve PR, and sometimes they involve other things. And um, I think that that's sort of I don't know. It's it's funny to like also reflect on like what the future could be because I think the pandemic has also taught us that who knows what the future is. Mm-hmm. And so, really, to take a risk—not take a risk—really to sort of as cliche as it is, like, enjoy the process and the journey.
1: Amen to that. You know. Totally. So right now you are consulting and you have this market and you have this house. How do you manage all of them? Like, I feel like I have so many projects right now and I'm really trying to compartmentalize and I'm curious because like I said, I'm not type A. I'm actually like an agent of chaos. (laughs) How do you like actually have all those things at the same time?
0: It's just sort of like what's fun. And like they're all in their own creative incubation in a way. Good answer. (laughs) How? I don't know. I'm
1: asking for real. Like how the hell do you do it? How do I do it? Like how do you like literally how do you have a house that you're literally constructing and running a market?
0: Well, I thankfully have, like, a wonderful partner in the market, my best friend Travis, who we went to Italy together. But the market is, like, it's, like, an experiment. Like, it's so low risk in a way because it's, like, in a small little town. We sell, like, little fancy olive oils and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's, like, an experiment in small business. So it's it's a failing experiment. Like, it will not last forever. But, like, it's it's fun for now. Like. It was fun to like launch a business and do your own little PR for a business that you're launching. And again, it was like very low financial risk, but it's been fun. And one of my best friends, Nick, he designed it and he just left. It's funny, like so many friends have left their sort of like bigger jobs. And he was working for like a mega um, Park Avenue interior design company mm. and started his own his own business. Who's He's helping me with my house and he's doing Travis's house upstate. And he designed the shop and, you know, it's been fun to just like experiment with friends. And that's what this feels like. It feels like the world has or the Big Bang has happened in a way mm-hmm. and we're all, all the universes are sort of realigning and the stars are realigning. And, you know, it's fun to work with friends. And I've like uh, some other friends that have, at are in PR have started their own things, So we're collaborating on stuff. And
1: do you feel like you have your stuff together?
0: No, like sometimes I no, feel like I'm all.
1: literally free falling.
0: No, I, I think that, again, it goes back to like you are doing things that are contributing to your greater life. And a job is not your life.
1: I know. But, you know, I think I also overcompensated, like, to start thinking that, like, it was. And I was like, my identity was so tied to being an overachiever and, like, doing 8 million things and... Doing the most and starting new projects and all these different things for, like, the constant validation, the constant, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that you're doing that. But yeah. Who's telling you that? Exactly. Like, it doesn't actually matter. So I think that, like, what you've been hinting at this whole time is that, like, all of these things, how you're doing them now is really just with joy okay, at uh, the center of it.
0: Yes. And and there is this movie. I don't know if you ever saw this movie called Parenthood, which took the mm-hmm. filmmaker. I, I forget the filmmaker's name, but it took them, like, you know, more than a decade to shoot this movie. And Patricia Arquette is in it, and she plays this mom, and they worked with the same actors. I think it's Ethan Hawke, Patricia Arquette, and this young actor, and they did this movie over the course of 10 years. It was basically like an experiment, and there's a pivotal scene in the movie towards the end of it where Patricia Arquette is sitting in her kitchen, and her child, who's now this kid that they've filmed for more than a decade, is like 18, moving out of, moving out of the house, and she's sort of like solemn in the kitchen, and he, and he comes in, and I think she starts crying. And he says something like, what's wrong? And then she's like, I just thought there'd be more. Like, I thought there'd be more, you know, to life. That moment in that movie was so pivotal to me at a time when I was watching it. I think I was still in college. And it just stuck with me that, like, we literally have one life. And the decisions you make, and granted, it's like I'm not a fucking perfect person at all. (laughs) You're not? (laughs) (laughs) But... And maybe I'm too romantic, you know, in in the broader sense, because I, I sometimes think about that movie and I'm like, huh. It, and only in these sort of these moments, you know, with you doing this, does it remind me that there is literally one life.
1: I think about that all the time. I'm like, we're on a random. I, I say this. My listeners are like, Sophie, you sound like a broken record. We're on a random ass planet in the middle of nowhere. Like literally you have one life. And and I have to say it to myself because I'm someone that like literally shouts this from the rooftops. But like I have to say this to myself all the time because there's so many decisions that are scary. Like they're scary to take when you know that you're making this amount of money from a certain thing and let you know that this is what's going to pay for your quality of life and whatever. And it's like I think the older you get, the scarier the decisions are because you have so many other things to consider, you know?
0: I guess. But, you know, our lives, not to not to break it to you, but like our lives are insignificant. In the, totally. in the grand scheme of you're things. You're not bringing it to me. So like <laughs> we should be having fun and like we should be doing crazy things and like money ebbs and flows. Like mm-hmm. the way that you, I guess it all goes back to manifesting in some ways because, you know, the way that you treat things, whether it be like the way that you treat things with like money. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're spending a lot of money on something that's going to be a, an amazing experience and you're going to remember it, that's a, that's a, that's a dollar well spent. Mm-hmm. If you're spending, you know, $1,500 on a pair of shoes that you're going to like wear once and they hurt, like that's not. Necessarily, money well spent. But if you're spending fifteen hundred, if you're spending three thousand dollars on a crazy trip somewhere to the middle of nowhere in Timbuktu, mm-hmm. and you're going with someone that you care about and you love, and you're going to have fun, like that is that is three thousand dollars very well spent.
1: A thousand percent.
0: But it's sort of the same thing with like jobs. Are you taking a job because it's like a cool name on your resume, or is it something that like is it a you know a no name company that you know has a cool culture and you're going to learn a lot? Like all those things sort of like are just experiences for your life because it, it doesn't mean anything to anyone else mm-hmm. and it took me a while to like figure that out
1: totally and i also think that there's like times for those things like you definitely worked at very greatly known name brands you know what i mean
0: well of course because I, those were those were accomplishments that i wanted to hit in my life exactly
1: and i think that like for, so i guess
0: i guess potentially this is coming from a privileged pov but i guess these are lessons that i've learned yeah is yeah, that yeah. like is that like the risk is always worth it Is worth, as long as it's like for your greater life good.
1: And that being your just, your joy.
0: Like I've flown to Paris to like hang out with a boy.
1: (laughs) Okay, wait, can we go into relationships? Oh, great. (laughs) Okay, now the podcast is really starting. So how are you you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So how can we replicate that like self-worth feeling of like when you finally in the story like of your career that you got to that point where you're like, I am worthy of being here. Like we we know that you're capable of feeling that in a environment. So how can we get there?
0: I think it's because in a relationship, it's like in a job, you're pretty much in control. There are like curveballs, of course, of like what you can and cannot Mm -hmm. achieve in a certain job arrangement. But generally you're in control. The more that you work at it, the more that you like contribute, the like greater you are because it's like your own ladder at a job. But you don't think
1: the same applies to relationships? Like the more you get, like the more you
0: like. Because the more that I have sort of (laughs) thrown at something, whether it be like care and and planning and and the more that I've I've tried to show someone that I care about them, the harder it is. I think it's like a gay thing, (laughs) the less they care. I hate the game. That's my biggest thing is that like the less you the less you show affection towards someone, the more that they want you like that's fucked.
1: But that's in heterosexual relationships, too. Just a thousand percent. Like that's not that's not.
0: I think it's like the it's like the metropolitan affliction.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's If we lived
0: in Kansas. It would be different, I think.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like wholesome. Like I like you. You like me. Let's be be married. There's no other.
0: Well, there's no other. There's no one else.
1: (laughs) okay yeah can we talk about that though like i I mean you're single right now and like what is this world i feel like we live in i mean in dating and jobs and like to even what to have for dinner like it literally feels like we have the cheesecake factory problem where it's like you have eight million options and we all want the next best thing okay i actually i want to know what was your biggest takeaway from your sicily time
0: Um, i feel like
1: even when i go to italy for like 10 days, I come back a completely different human.
0: The biggest, like the one lesson, like mm-hmm. one at one? Or just
1: like what, like, yeah, like what did you take away from that trip that you feel like is still in how you're viewing things right now?
0: A lot about like seasonality and like tasting a place. When you like drink wine or like they talk about wine, you talk about terroir, which means like you're tasting like the grape and like where it was grown. So like a big thing in wine culture is like, oh, it's on the slopes of blah, blah, blah. And like, mm-hmm. Champagne – like, wine is is named on, like, where it is from and, like, the grape that it is. And in food, they don't talk about that as much. Like, But, like, you can eat a a caper from, like, a place that has, like, this salty air and it's on the sea. And, like, Mm -hmm. there's so – like, and that caper has the best flavor that you would ever have. Or, like, same thing with, like, bread in Italy or in Europe. It's, like, if you're eating bread that, like, was grown – you know, near the place that it was milled and then, you know, turned into bread. It's like you're really eating something that is so close to the to the place in which it was like it's the craft and like the location and like all those things. So the biggest things that I like, took away were seasonality. It's like no one should be eating a tomato when it's not like this height of summer.
1: Do you not like do you abide by that when you're here?
0: Unless I'm like at a restaurant and they like serve me something with really? a tomato in it. But I don't buy tomatoes really unless it's like summer because they also taste like shit. Like they taste like cold water.
1: You see, like, I'm not there. Like, I feel like a tomato is, like, on my shopping list every week.
0: But if you eat a tomato from a farmers, from a farm stand, like, in August, that's what a tomato should taste like.
1: Oh, yeah. They're amazing right now.
0: But, like, otherwise tomatoes are just grown, like, in a aquaponic, like, <laughs> shed. You know, it's like, it, mean, it tastes like nothing. And I think also, like... If you're eating blueberries in the middle of winter, it's like those are flown across the world. It's like, talk about environment, like, I mean, not to get on my soapbox, but talk about <laughs> environmental impact. It's like, why Why do we need to eat blueberries from Peru?
1: Okay, so, but you did take away seasonality. Okay,
0: seasonality, seasonality. Seasonality in place.
1: And what about lifestyle or like perception of life?
0: I think potentially it, it like slowed me down a little bit.
1: Piano piano, as the Italians say.
0: Yeah, little by little.
1: Little by little. Yeah, I think that that's, that's the feeling in Europe, but in Italy, it's like definitely louder, like, or I guess softer, but it's definitely potent. Mm-hmm. The slowness, mm-hmm. not, not easy to translate to
0: New our, York. No, not, not like our culture. No.
1: no, that would be very nice though. I want to hear what you would say to an active ingredient listener who. Is I think we've kind of touched on this, but like someone who really wants to live in alignment with their true self, like maybe not wanting to wear a mask at work anymore or like just just it doesn't even have to be work related. Just like living a life in authenticity, in truth, what in your journey or anything that you want to give them as advice on how to live that way.
0: I think it's about taking small steps to like align yourself. It's not like you have to like jump off a cliff like I did, (laughs) but you can do that. Yeah, you can. But it's like, okay, what is your intention? Again, you have one life. And not everyone has the privilege to like, I I, I do recognize that. Like I had the financial and the sort of like, I don't know.
1: The safety net or like, Yeah. yeah, you had the privilege of being able to do that. And not everyone can. So for those small steps, what would be some small, like I want like tangible things that like someone listening that's like, man, I really like Ian's out here, like really just living his life, trying different things, like doing all these things. Like I want to be able to do that. And I feel like I'm stuck. I don't know what my first step is. What is something we can tell them?
0: Find the things that are out outside of this is so cliche, but it's like find the things that are outside of work that like make you feel happy. Like I recently picked up tennis and I'm obsessed.
1: Wait, Ian,
0: what? I I play tennis every day. What? When, When I'm not in the city, like when I'm when I'm when I'm upstate. I played. You all know, the know time. that I
1: like. I, I fully I belong, play tennis.
0: Yeah, I, I belong. To, we can play, but I belong to a tennis club now. Like you have to come up to Connecticut. We can. And we can do this. Like, a, and so, like little things that I like. Again, like you're never fucking too old to like try something new, do something else. There are things also we don't take advantage of because we get kind of in our weird ways where it's like in the city there are cooking classes and wine tastings and tennis courts and you know anything that that like you have like an inkling of an an idea to like explore. It's like, go explore it.
1: That's homework. Anyone listening. It's like one thing. It doesn't have to be that you pay for it, but like one tiny thing that brings you joy, like that you're like, oh, but I'm never going to get around to it. Like actually right now, as you're listening to this, like bring up your phone, your computer, whatever, and like actually do it.
0: Or like, for example, it's like the Metropolitan Museum. It's like free. Like it's suggested donation. You can go there and give 50 cents and say like, I'm going to, and also (laughs) like little things like that, like, they, spark, they spark spark things in your mind.
1: Totally. I couldn't afford yoga when I started and literally yoga to the people is by donation, I would give them $2.
0: It's not always about money either, but it's like, right. okay, how do you stimulate these juices in your body that like w- unlock other things? 1,000%. Whether it be like, art house, movie theater. And it's not about like doing things that are like high culture either. It's like, okay, maybe there's a basketball game to go to. Oh, cool. Like I never knew about that, about that basketball player. And then you unlock this thing. Oh, I take basketball lessons now. And I'm like really interested in like just playing a sport. Then you meet interesting people that are also, this is also like, it's all snowball because Mm -hmm. then you meet people that are also interested in that and then it like opens up a new network of people it's just it's just like a part of like being on this earth and it's about community and it's about like all these different things that are all connected to different stuff so like for example the 92nd street y does like talks the things that are that you have a uh, interest in i think it's the things that finding the things that make you Excited and yeah. And I think,
1: I think what you said is true. It's that like, once you do it, it unlocks and it's like one, I feel like so many times when we're in like a fog, like I've been there many times where it's like, it really just, it's that one thing. And then that thing opens to the next thing to the next thing. Cause we could get stuck in that, in those ways for a really long time. And it's the comfortable, Mm-hmm. And then the second that you actually feel that joy, which is our natural state, it's our birthright, it's actually what our souls are craving, as soon as you give it to your soul, it's like, oh, I'm happy doing this.
0: It's like once you do one crazy thing, it's just like, well, that was easy. And like, that made my life better or it made it more challenging. And
1: but you learn something. You keep going. Totally. What is the one thing or whatever, however many things you want to talk about that bring you like true joy? That you would say is your active ingredient or, yeah, what makes you feel alive?
0: I love cooking for other people. Like, I really enjoy, I think, again, it goes back to my kink for service. Like, I really love, that's like a love language of mine. It's like, I would, I love to, like, you know, provide food and whatever to people.
1: I can attest to that. Do you see a future of doing something more with that?
0: Mm -mm. Unless I'm, like, hosting you, like, I love doing that. But I would never open a restaurant. It's like, I don't know how people do it. That seems like torture. I love to pick a restaurant. Again, it goes back to food, I guess. But that's that 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 that's more like the experiential thing. Like I like to I like to curate experiences for people. Like I love to like think about dates, which I think is probably a problem. <laughs>
1: Too much. Do you feel like you have like remained? I know you said that for a little while there, like while you're trying to figure yourself out, like maybe not exactly like your theatrical Ian cute like. Shy, but, like, fucking incredible way. Like, do you feel in life as you've gone, like, you've come home to, like, your younger, pre-societally, like, embedded version? No. You don't? Like, you don't feel like a childlike self?
0: No. I don't know if I want to, though. I still like to go to the theater and I like to, like, patronize the things that bring me joy. Like, I like to experiment with all the things that I did as a kid um, so I don't feel like ashamed. Like I don't feel any shame around like the things that bring me joy. Like that, I think is part of being an adult. It's like mm-hmm. I don't care if it, I don't care if you think it's uncool. Like I enjoy. I mean, I,
1: I'm, I have like the same things that you no, like. No, so. I mean
0: like the, the royal you. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. whomever. But there's always things to work on, there's always and things al- work always things to like you know continue to make your life better.
1: Amen. What is one last tip that we're gonna live people with? You're a master networker. You know so many people. Like, what is something that you can help someone else that maybe is also identified as an introvert mm. or could be shy on how to connect with other
0: people? I think then it's going back to the idea of like you can play a character. It doesn't have to be radically different than who you are, but you can put on an outfit and say like I'm gonna play this version of myself today. And um, it's exhausting. Like you get home at the end of the day and you're like, oh. You that's know? what
1: I was, that's what I'm trying to not have anymore in my life. Yes. I don't want to have a distinction between like Sophie on, Sophie off.
0: But sometimes I think it's helpful because it gives you superpower.
1: No, I think that this is great advice. I'm just saying like at, at a certain point.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you have to put on the the cape. Well, it's true. And I think that that gives you, you know, the shield, you know, or the like a quote unquote superpower to go into that room and and say that th- it's not about being not true to yourself it's just like revealing the power within to show up
1: i think we leave it there i love you so freaking much are you stay single? tuned
0: for part two <laughs>
1: <laughs> seriously are you single
0: am i single yes
1: okay just it <laughs> honestly if ian was straight like i've said this a million times i'm sorry Maguire. I'm sorry babe we're soulmates even though ian told me that we're not best friends such an <laughs> asshole
0: We're, We're siblings, I would say.
1: Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end of the episode. You have no idea how much it means to me. And I really do hope that you left this conversation feeling lighter, more in tune and with some tools to apply to your own life please feel free to reach out to me via DM on Instagram. I would absolutely love that, which I have linked in the show notes on any feedback or guests that you want to have on. And if you do have a second, I would really appreciate you giving the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and a quick review. It really helps getting the podcast in front of more people like you. See you next week.